read your good night story? Good night story. Oh yeah, I do one. Do you want to read the other one now? Okay. I'll go to my room. I'm better. You want to read that dinosaur book? Uh-oh, that's not good. And welcome back to another fantastic episode of Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. I am one of two hot parents, Douglas Edward Hayner. And I'm, I guess, the second hot parent, Jamie Nicole Otis. Yes. And we are so excited for today's special guest, which is going to be a former MAFS alum. And that well, means Married at First Sight alumni, Sonia Granados from season four. I wouldn't call her a former alum because she's she is an alum. But yeah. she was on season four of Married at First Sight. And we put out there like, who would you guys want to hear from? They want to hear what Sonia has been up to. There's been a lot that's happened because her ex is was in a near fatal accident and almost died. Now he's partially paralyzed. Yeah, we're going to get into tragic. Yeah, we're going to get into all of that with her. But I do want to follow up from our OB visit and got a chance to see our baby and hear the heartbeat. Oh my God, it was so amazing because it was the very first time we got to see this baby move and we had been going to the fertility specialist you know so it's always just been kind of like a sack and then in a yolk sack and an amniotic sack and then there is like another blob and then it's like oh my god we went to the OB last week and it was a baby with moving yeah. limbs like it actually wiggled and it's hard to believe that it's like the size of a strawberry well right now it's the size of a lime because I'm 11 oh. weeks pregnant <laughs> Our little lime baby. But who's counting? We actually had one of the busier weeks that we've ever had. We took a trip to New York City because we got called in for a special promotion for Lifetime. So for those that don't know, we were on Married at First Sight season one. We started this ish. We eh. started the global phenomena that is Married at First Sight. You can call us the OG, That's original right. gangsters. And for anyone that hasn't seen the season, it originally started off on the FYI Network, which was the old bio channel. It since went to A&E, and now its home is Lifetime. So Lifetime had the OGs come in to do a special promo for some upcoming shows and also to actually promote the newest season of Married at First Sight coming up. Yeah, so we get there. First of all, we are not actors, obviously. We're no. just like normal folk and they have us there and they like they have a Christmas tree set up and they said, Oh, you know, can you just decorate this Christmas tree and talk about your favorite holiday traditions yeah. and and act normal. There's just a camera following you. Just ad lib everything and just talk about anything funny and this is gonna be the concept and we're gonna do this, this and this and then just just say do whatever you want. Yeah, so we basically shot a commercial for It's a Wonderful Lifetime, which is awesome because they have holiday movies, you know, 24-7 on their network up until January 1st, which is when Married at First Sight season 10 airs. I can't believe it's 10 seasons. I can't believe it either. I feel like an old fart because we're the we're from season one, so we are just old farts. Oh, yeah. And well, we also had a chance to speak with the Super Nanny. So yeah. the Super Nanny is going to be coming to Lifetime, which was awesome because we got to ask some personal parenting questions yeah I'll leave it to my husband to ask what do you do if every time you try to get intimate your daughter from down the hall wakes up and screams yeah no I think that kids have a sixth sense or maybe it's just our baby but every time we start to get intimate that's when she'll wake up or that's when she knows to to give a shout on the baby monitor I swear to goodness, though, Doug isn't lying like it's kind of crazy like even last night though as you were crawling into bed 
and we weren't even being intimate. I I have been a zombie. I have been so tired. But he was crawling into bed. And it's like she knows we're just about to go to sleep because she goes, eh. And it wasn't like a full cry. We didn't have to go in or anything. But it's like, it's almost like, all right, I know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And then Lifetime and Married at First Sight started a new segment show called Couples Couch. So the new episode of Married at First Sight will air. And then the very next day, they'll play a repeat of that episode. But they ask some of the former couple cast to comment. And it's kind of like you're sitting on the couch with us. And I really feel like I'm in my element for that. But I'm so excited to know that that show's coming back. I feel like your element is this podcast. You're far better at this than I am. I talk way too fast. <laughs> and you are really good at like witty, sarcastic, super funny remarks on Couples Couch. But yeah, the point of the story is that we went into New York City on Saturday to shoot what we thought was just like this quick little promo for, for Super Nanny. That's what they said. Create three questions yes. to ask the Super Nanny. And then we ended up shooting a commercial for It's a Wonderful Lifetime on their network. We shot for Couples Couch, for Married at First Sight Season 10, and also the Super Nanny. And we were just excited to talk to the Super. That's how they got us in there. They're like, oh, do you want to ask the Super Nanny any question? Yes. We're like, uh, we ha I mean, any question? Are you going to put a limit on this? Because we have a lot of questions to ask the Super Nanny. Yes. I will always be in debt, I feel like, to Married at First Sight and that whole franchise because that's really what started everything. That's what started us being together. That's what got Henley there. So going to do anything Lifetime, anything around helping out the Married at First Sight franchise, I am always down for. Exactly. Like, I mean, we wouldn't have a family if it wasn't for Lifetime. We wouldn't have ever met. I also think that if they didn't get three perfect couples to launch the show, none of this would have been happening. I think that the, the most important part is that we got our family out of this. I mean, we got true love and I don't know what you have to say, but you're growing old with me. No, it is the truest form of a fairy tale. You meet a stranger, you go through a wacky experiment, you make it past the six weeks where you're together you stick it out. Within six months, you fall in love. And then within a couple of years, you have a baby. It's amazing. And speaking of Married at First Sight and Unfiltered, I'm in New York City last weekend. And this weekend, I'll be in LA. Yes. This is season 10 of Married at First Sight. And this will be season eight of Unfiltered. And this will also be the fourth Unfiltered season where you are pregnant. That's true. So the first time I was pregnant was actually in Miami, in Florida, interviewing our guest today, Sonia, and her then husband, Nick, along with their castmates. And that was the second season of Married at First Sight Unfiltered. Did anybody about. stay together from that season? No. But um, I just remember this so incredibly vividly that I had to excuse myself to go to the bathroom. And I went to the bathroom and I, was, I had been bleeding and I was three months pregnant with our our, our angel baby, Jonathan, and I was bleeding like enough to soak a panty liner, but it was getting heavier and heavier. And I'm not even exaggerating. I was sitting in the chair, in the host chair, looking at the camera, interviewing, I think it was either Sonia or Lily, one of her castmates. And I just had to tell the producer that I, I needed a moment. I went to the bathroom. I was honestly just scared that I was going to bleed through the panty liner and I didn't want to bleed through the panty liner onto the chair I was sitting on. And I was just terrified I was going to get it on the dress. And so I went to the bathroom and I passed a clot. This is the first time this has ever happened to me. I passed a clot like the size of a baseball and I am not exaggerating. It came out of my hoo-ha and I thought it felt like 
this is like TMI and gross, but it felt like, it felt like poop came out of my vagina. Like it was like just so big. And I lost it because I thought for sure I had just miscarried my baby in that toilet. So, you know, did you look through it? I did. I, I'm a registered nurse and I know that like at that stage, that's a baby. And I would want to, I just had to know, like, is my baby still inside me? Like, did I just bleed my baby out? Like what just happened? And I'm just a mess bawling and crying, but also knowing that there's a whole camera crew, there's sound guys, there's producers, there's quote unquote talent, the cast of Married at First Sight, all hanging out right outside the door. But I still, I reached my hand to that toilet and I grabbed the, the clot and I like separated it with my fingers. You know, it was just blood. It was all just blood. Just blood and mucus or something. It was literally blood clotted together. It wasn't even like mucusy. It was just straight up blood clotted together. And so obviously I like washed my all my whole entire arms like I was so grossed out that I had just done that but I just had to know and I went out and I told the producer and only her what had happened I actually made her come in and look at in the toilet with me because I was like am I crazy like I just couldn't even believe it was happening it almost felt as if it was like one of those outer body experiences and I also didn't want her to think I was exaggerating trying to be like lazy or something on set like I didn't want her to think that I wasn't trying to work hard you know I I just I didn't know what to think and so I just I had her look at it and I was like I cannot even believe this and so Doug you flew in yeah then we went into the uh did we go to the er emergency room or did we go to a a emergency care you know this is something that I've learned that I need to chill out with is because you know I had that blood clot and I immediately cleaned myself up and sat back down in my host chair and finished doing my job yeah I like didn't know what else to do but also I was like I know this whole entire show is relying on me right now to pull myself together and to finish so I did um and obviously like I don't really have any regrets because I couldn't have done anything differently I mean I still the minute we finished shooting Doug had been at that point Doug had flown in and we went straight to the ER but in hindsight I just wonder if maybe I, I mean that's like if, if ever there's a time that you can say I'm done working for today, that would be it. And yeah. I just don't know how to be like that. Like I'm always scared people will think I'm not working hard enough or if I'm not appreciative enough of like everyone who's coming together to work as a team. And I don't ever want to be considered a diva or difficult to work with. So I'll just like bend my back. But so if you're someone out there listening to this and you find that that's you too, I just like want to give you permission to like take a break. You're allowed to take a break, especially if you're pregnant. Like I know it's hard to do, but like just hear my words, take a break. Yeah. It's well, allowed. Pl- and, well, too, I mean, th- this was the first time that, th- that something like this has happened to you. And this was the first time that you were pregnant in the sense that you were carrying for a little bit, um, you know, and blood is somewhat normal. And I remember you saying that you feel okay other than just some of your pregnancy symptoms but you feel fine so I could understand how once that gets passed how you just go back to work and but looking back I'm sure I mean there's really nothing that you could do there's absolutely nothing I could do but I think it's absolutely nuts that I went back to work like I should have just left right then and there and went to the doctor like but anyways like that's you knew I was coming that's yeah that's neither here nor there. So yeah, so that was the first time that I was pregnant. And unfortunately, we did lose that baby. Um, we went to the ER. 
and the ER, they literally tested to see if I broke my amniotic fluid and they said, you know, if I broke my water, they said, you know, that was negative. So I didn't break my water. They checked to see if I was dilating. I wasn't dilating. They checked the baby. We have a video still of Jonathan bouncing around in my belly. Happy as a clam. Yeah. Still had some room inside there. And, um, I mean, the other thing that I remember them saying was that you had a upside down cervix or reverse cervix. Yeah. Like my cervix point, my cervix points to the back and most women's kind of points to the front. (laughs) So what does that even mean though? Not a whole lot. It's not that big of a deal. It's just a little different, but essentially I just mine points to the back and, but it clearly is no issue because I had Henley just fine, but yeah. Um, but ultimately at that ER appointment, after I passed that huge clot and was terrified that I was losing my baby, they told me everything is fine. Everything is fine. Yeah. And so then we proceeded to go to New York city to that following Monday to go on the today show and announce our pregnancy with Kathy Lee and Hoda. And then days later found out we were losing our baby. Yeah. I think it was actually like the next day. Yeah. After that, we went, but going to be four seasons out of eight. Half of your unfiltered career has been while you were pregnant. Um, yeah, I've been pregnant four times total. So the first time was with Jonathan, who is an angel baby and our sweet little angel baby above, and then pregnant with Henley while shooting unfiltered. But mm-hmm. I was in my early second trimester with Henley, so you couldn't really tell, I don't think. And then with our last pregnancy before this one, I was like eight or nine weeks pregnant so sick, so tired. I've had all the feelings, but then at 10 weeks lost the baby. But I was, I mean, I was a zombie on, I mean, I just could barely keep my eyes open. And so this time I was talking to our producer for Merit at First Sight Unfiltered. And I was just so thankful, but I was like, I'm going to be at the end of my first trimester for our first shoot week, like the first time we're shooting for this show. And I'm hoping I'm not going to be so tired. Turns out... (laughs) I'm still so tired. Yeah. When does that second wind come in pregnancy? I have no idea, but I don't know how you do it. I don't. You have you have a person inside of you right now. You have something with arms and feet, and it's throwing you off. You are tired, and you still push through. And I just remember how tired I was going to New York City, having to wake up at like 6.45 or 7 o'clock to go to New York City to shoot for a lifetime. And here you are being able to do everything. Well, geez, you make me sound like a saint, but I can't do it without sleepies in my eyes. And like, I'm actually, my face has gotten really, really dry. And like, you know, it's, it's, I think it all does come at a cost. But like, that's the thing is that all of us pregnant women, like most of us have to work. You can't just like stop and lay in bed and, you know, have someone wait on you hand and foot like we all have families relying on us even though I would do that yeah but we can't afford for you to not work and me to not work just so I can lay around and well I could still wait on your hand and feet if you want I wouldn't mind if you gave me a massage (laughs) but yeah so I am flying out this weekend to LA to start the eighth season of Merit First Sight Unfiltered and as you probably know those of you listening if you watch the show you know I wear the same exact outfit in every single episode and there are 13 episodes how are you gonna what happens when because you're starting to show a little bit I mean I don't want to make that sound like you're getting gaining weight it's weird for me to say that you look pregnant but it's because you are but what happens that do you have an outfit that expands so i went right to tj maxx 
to grab myself a couple different options for Married at First Sight Unfiltered. They do not supply the wardrobe. I don't know. I think that people think if you're on TV that you have this like nice extravagant lifestyle where people provide your wardrobe and your hair and makeup and all these services. Well, the real world is that that does not happen. I literally, I went to TJ Maxx and I ordered some dresses from Just Fab online and I'm finding one that will, I mean, I order them all a wee bit large and I'm hoping that it'll just expand with my belly because I start shooting this show at the, like next week, this weekend basically, but it, and I don't finish shooting the show until probably the end of my second trimester. So I'm definitely going to grow a lot in between now and then. Yeah. And, uh, I, so I need a dress because I don't, as you know, we don't change <laughs> wardrobe outfits. So I need a dress that will expand with me. You got a nice overcoat for it? Overcoat? Or don't you wear like a blazer or shawl over the top? Once? No. No? No. Oh, all right. <laughs> but ever since we got back from that appointment with the OB, I am dying to know what the gender is. And that should be coming up at some point, right? Yeah. So as those of you listening know, because we are so transparent on this podcast, we record this a little early before we release it because we obviously want to edit out any of the awkward silences. So you don't have to sit there and listen to that. But um, so we're recording this week on today. It's Tuesday, Mm -hmm. Tuesday night, our daughter's upstairs in bed. (laughs) And um, tomorrow is Wednesday and it's our uh, second OB doctor's appointment and I think that they're going to be able to draw my blood to get like the 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 gender before that though I actually pulled up a article that has 15 of the wackiest gender early gender reveal tests that you can do before the blood test so basically like the Chinese or like the all the old wives tales like the Chinese what's it called Chinese calendar yes well, there's, there's 15 totally wacky ones that I think are completely doable and possible that we could do and try out, which we should probably make a video of us doing. Oh, these. we are, we should definitely do that. We can post that on YouTube just yeah. to laugh at later. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to the list, I do want to give a shout out to a five-star review. We really love it when you guys leave five-star reviews. As you can tell, we... I don't know. It's just like such so sweet to to know that you took the time out to leave us a review. So thank you to those yes. of you who have done that already. And this one comes from HLB1721. I wonder what 1721 means, but I love you guys. I have been a fan since Bachelor Days for Jamie, LOL. Just wanted to share something that lets you know how engaging you two are. Last night I saw Maps is on Hulu and I got so excited and started rewatching your season with my boyfriend. Unfortunately, I fell asleep very quick. I'm in nursing school, so hopefully understand my exhaustion, LOL. Totally understand. (laughs) And my boyfriend literally stayed awake till after 1 a.m. watching your season and fast forwarding through all the other couples to only watch you and Doug, LOL, emoji, crying face with a smile. (laughs) We love you guys and congratulations on your beautiful, growing family. Heart emoji, heart emoji. Oh, that's so, so nice. Yeah. Girl, I get it. Nursing school, ah, oh, it ain't for the faint of heart. It is so, so hard. You know what I don't get is how people, I remember when I was in nursing school, there was at least like five pregnant women and then like at least like half of the classroom had kids and I'm like, how do you do that? pregnant and with kids I couldn't imagine going to school right now that's a mom strength it really is I don't even know if I I don't think I have it 
I don't know how they do that. Like it is nursing school is so much work, but then to add like kids and a family on top of it. And sometimes they had a job too. And then to add pregnancy on top of that. Oh man, God bless you ladies. Like you're, you're my superhero. Yes. And mine, because I don't think I'd be able to do it. That's really, really incredible. Yeah. Yeah, And so for those of you listening, if you want to find an easy way to organize all your favorite podcasts, you can just download the Himalaya app. We partnered with them. And so you can definitely find ours on there. You can get our podcast a day early and you can actually leave comments for us right within each episode. So then if you have like a certain question, you don't have to worry about going to Instagram. Although we do love it when you pop into Instagram and say hello, but you don't have to worry about going there because you can literally like leave a comment or a remark right within the Himalaya app. Yes. Are you ready to get into the 15 top wackiest early gender reveal things? Are we going to actually like do these or are we just going to like what's going on right now? I think we're going to do them, but I want to talk through them since you haven't seen them yet. I want to talk through which ones are possible. And I think we should do a video on On YouTube done. (laughs) Okay. All right, let's do this. Are you looking for someone to share their deepest, darkest secrets on keeping their marriage spicy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you like please dish on how to be a cool parent? Because yeah, I don't know. Please tell me. Well, Jamie Yotis and Doug Hayner have got all you hubbies and wifeys and mommies and daddies covered. Yep, that's us. Because each week we're finding a guest who will spill all their dirty secrets. Oh yeah. Because we all want to keep our marriages hot and our parenting cool. Here's the show. All right, so there are 15 of the top wackiest tests, and you actually mentioned one of them. Where did you get the Chinese calendar thing from? I mean, everybody's heard of the Chinese calendar, I think. It's essentially, how old are you when you conceive, or wait a second. It's I like, could read it. It'll okay. come up. Oh, you have? Yeah. On the, you I was have just it. wondering where you got it. Because you have it like, right on your computer there. That's yeah, so funny. That's all. Um, so, and... We would love to hear back from any of you that have actually tried any of these tests because we're going to do our own, but I'm so curious to see or hear if any of these have worked for other people. Yeah, like how accurate are these? Yes. I know the Chinese gender one. I did that one with Henley and it was not accurate, actually. (laughs) Yeah. So number one is the cabbage test. Do we have any cabbage? I once got so sick off of cabbage. Like, I mean, pooping and throwing up like you wouldn't believe. Oh. I think it was bad cabbage. That's not part of the test. But yeah, so I'm not a big fan of cabbage, FYI. Okay. I don't think that you have to eat the cabbage, though. So the cabbage test says, in this test, you boil red cabbage, save the water, and mix it with your urine. My urine? Your urine. Now, I what? think once you boil and you drain the water, I think you have to pee the same amount that you have of water. So filling up a glass half uh, half full and then the other half with your urine. People have actually done this? Yes. And if the water turns pink, you're having a girl. And if the water is purple, it's a boy. Oh my God. I don't think we are ever going to do that. Why? Because you I just, just have to boil cabbage. And pee on the cabbage. You pee every day. I know, but I don't really want to pee. You don't have to pee on the cabbage. You pee in a cup and then you mix it with the cabbage water. You make that sound like it's so normal. It's not normal, Doug. I I pee in cups all the time. Oh my gosh, Doug. Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering if it would be different for a guy. 
I guess it would have to be. Yeah, why don't you pee in the cup and see what happens? Well, hopefully, actually, I, hopefully, I, I'd be having a boy. I'll tell you what. If I have to do this, then I'm making you do it too. That's fine. I I pee everywhere. Then we can it's also like marking see territory. Oh my god, Doug. But then we can also see like how like what if they both just turn the same color? Then it doesn't matter what kind of pee you have. You know what? A lot of these have have to do with pee. A lot of them. So number two. So I number one, the cabbage test is definitely doable. Number two is the baking soda test. And I know that we have baking soda. Um, this is another test that involves peeing on something. You add urine to some baking soda in a cup. If it fizzes, it's a boy. No fizz means a girl. This sounds like, you know, scientifically, like, I don't know, there's like some sort of chemistry or science behind it. Like, I'm sure I'd love to like know like the science behind it. Yeah. Does it does it tell you on that where wherever you're looking? No, I think that uh, a lot of these don't have scientific backing. <laughs> <laughs> well, then why are we the even wacky gender tests? It's so funny. Real um, fast, if someone's interested in in seeing these for themselves, where where are you? Where they could find it? Uh, Babble.com. Okay, actually, good to know. is uh, it's courtesy of Disney. Oh, good to know. Yeah, number three, the Drano test. This one sounds kind of toxic like I think Drano is actually unsafe but all you do is you add urine so everything's sort of peeing right now so so far every single test involves urine yes you add urine to some crystal Drano and observe the reaction if the mixture turns brown it's a boy no change it's a girl I mean what are the chances that it will turn brown I've never seen Drano so I don't even know what color it is neither do I I'm assuming clear yeah maybe right crystal do we we have drano no i i try not to buy that kind of toxic filled chemical filled stuff a lot of these things seem like these could be bought in the same store actually we got a grove collaborative box in the mail do you think you have it in there definitely not grove collaborative is a site that i absolutely love shopping on because you do not have to read the ingredients in their product to know that they're all safe The great thing about it is that you don't have to worry about looking through the ingredients of all your household items or like your beauty items or your baby's items because they don't put anything on their site that isn't safe for your family. Well, and you've actually gotten stuff for the home, personal care. You've gotten stuff that cleans our house. You've gotten stuff for Henley. You've gotten stuff for Lady, our dog. There's over a half a million families who trust Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. And I think a large part of the reason why is because... Uh, Like I said, you don't have to worry about reading the ingredients because Grove Collaborative doesn't put it on their site if it isn't safe for your family to use. But also the shipping is fast and free on your first order. And if you are someone that buys these things, if you're someone that wants to be a little bit more natural at the home, check out Grove.co. That's Grove.co slash HMCP. And you actually get a free five-piece fall gift set from Mrs. Myers, which we definitely get all the time. Free shipping and free 60-day VIP trial. Yeah, so that's just for a limited time only. You can choose from best-selling fall scents like apple cider, acorn spice, mum and pumpkin spice. These are exclusively sold at Grove, so you can't get them anywhere else. You just go to grove.co slash HMCP to get this exclusive offer. That's grove.co slash HMCP. G-R-O-V-E dot co slash H-M-C-P. The next test is acne. 
We all know that acne is caused by fluctuating hormones during pregnancy, but some believe that it is also a sign that you are pregnant with a girl. Now, did you have acne with Henley? I actually remember having so many breakouts that I was a little embarrassed. Like I remember, did actually, I did. I remember we were living with your parents because that's a whole other podcast. The reason why we had to move in with your parents when I was pregnant with Henley, but. I was so embarrassed because I would go downstairs and I could just see your mom staring at my zits because I didn't like to pop the whiteheads because it scars your face. So I would just leave my white pus just sitting there on my face and your mom would just stare at it while we were talking. And I'm like, I know you're staring at my whitehead, but I'm not popping it because it's going to cause a scar. You know that um, my sister and brother and sometimes my mom, they have some weird obsession with popping zits. Like some girls have that for some reason. They like popping zits. Dr. Pimple Popper. I'm pretty sure she's a girl. Oh, That's like a that whole is, show. Oh, it's disgusting. That makes, that makes me want to vomit. But you want to know what's crazy what? is I don't, I have not had one zit since I found out I'm pregnant. That's true. I haven't had one, which is shocking because they say it's really just about the hormones, not so much the gender. Huh. I well, mean, that's what I thought. You never know. So that means that according to that test that we're having, so far we're having a boy. Did you have acne or any breakouts with Jonathan? Uh, I don't remember that. I don't think you far did. Far back. I think I did. Honestly, I really think I did. I but don't know. I was also stressed with him because yeah. I was bleeding a lot. I think I'm just hoping for a boy. I think you're just hoping for a boy too. And I'm <laughs> trying to be honest. You have to answer this very honestly. But th- this is more about you than it is me. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's true. But no, seriously, if I do get a zit that pops up, I got to tell you, this beauty counter, it's called acne spot treatment. This stuff is incredible. It will zap a zit better than the rest of them. No joke. And beauty counter is disrupting the beauty industry. It is shedding light on the need for stronger ingredient regulations. And let me tell you, over 1,500 questionable ingredients are never used in Beauty Counter's formulations. Yeah, I mean, today, Beauty Counter is the leading clean beauty brand creating innovative and high-performing products that are safer and cleaner, like moisturizers to makeup, cleansers to sunscreen. Beauty Counter is at the forefront of using clean ingredients to create products that are effective and really work. I mean, you could just take the recently launched Countertime Collection. It's a safer alternative to retinol. It keeps skin youthful and hydrated with plant-based ingredients like bakuchiol. So you get all the age-defying benefits without the concerns like sun sensitivity and skin irritation. That Countertime Collection is stellar. It is unbelievable. I have it in my bathroom right now. And for a limited time, you can get 10% off your purchase at beautycounter.com with the promo code HMCP. That's 10% off your entire order at beautycounter.com, but only if you use the promo code HMCP. That's B-E-A-U-T-Y-C-O-U-N-T-E-R.com, promo code HMCP. Restrictions do apply. Next test is the hairline test, which we could not do for Henley because this test won't work for predicting your first pregnancy, but it's supposed to work for subsequent pregnancies. Um, An old Native American legend, this test says that the neck hairline of your previous child can predict the gender of your current pregnancy. If the hairline goes straight across, the baby will be the same sex as the first child. If the hairline goes to a point, the baby will be the opposite sex as your first child. 
I mean, how old do they think our first child is? She has like no hair. <laughs> yeah. Does a mullet count? Like, do you like, how do you do the hairline? Is it at the mullet's end or? I mean, it says, didn't you just say it was on the chest? What? I thought the hair was on the chest. No, the hairline goes straight across. On the, the head? Back. Yeah. In oh, the back of her head. I was. Henley doesn't did that, have did back it just, hair. Did you just say that? I swear to goodness you said on the chest or. No. That's so funny because when we were reading the book tonight before bed and you asked me to look at her hairline, I I was like, she doesn't have hair in her chest. Like I, like I was like, are they, how do you tell this? How does anybody see blonde hair fuzz off a chest? I think that we have to look at like if, if Henley's head was shaved, if we shaved it right now, the hairline in the back, like mine goes to a point and the next baby was my sister. Oh, the back of my hairline goes to a point. Well, I know the front, like her forehead goes to a point. It's just the back hairline, Jane. <laughs> I don't. It's, it's now the, I wish that have, I had done that right. Yeah, you have to follow the Native Americans. Oh, man. We were reading those books and I was like trying to, <laughs> to sneak and like look to see if there was hair on her chest. I thought you said hair on her chest. Oh, my God. But anyways, uh, speaking of these books, so we have subscribed to Literati. I don't, I don't know if those of you listening have ever heard of Literati. But it is awesome. This is something that is near and dear to us because we struggle with this all the time. But for parents, it is so much easier to put your kid in front of a screen than to help them find a book that they like. And even those kids who read books, they say that they get better vocabularies and they have longer attention spans, which is why every parent needs Literati. Yeah, it's like a subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your kids. So Literati actually mails five teacher-approved books to your child every single month. It's the book club subscription that teachers buy for their own kids. Yeah, so then there's like no more guessing and searching or reading the same books over and over and over. And each Literati box contains five age-appropriate books based on a theme. So not only does it help with your child's growth, but things like the spirit of adventure or the animal kingdom. It also has exclusive original art. In a little personalized note to your child. It's really sweet. One parent shared with Literati that after about a year of being a part of the Literati club, their second grader is now reading at a fifth grade level. And is an insatiable reader now. Each month, buy the books you want, Returning the rest is super easy and absolutely free. So for a limited time, you can go to literatibooks.com and use the promo code COOLPARENTS for $20 off your first box. Plus, kids three and up get a special backlight pen. This is their best offer available anywhere. To get it, you have to go to literatibooks.com, promo code COOLPARENTS for $20 off your first box, plus a free backlight pen for the kids three and up. Literatibooks.com. That's L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-B-O-O-K-S.com. Promo code COOLPARENTS. The last sponsor for this week is dedicated to those of you who are in a business and you're trying to grow your business. It is hard, especially when you're wasting hours every day moving data from emails to spreadsheets to your CRM to wherever. Shouldn't that kind of stuff just happen without you lifting a finger? Zapier can help. Yeah, Zapier is the easiest way to automate all of your work. It connects all of your business software, handles work for you, so you can focus on the things that matter most, just like reading to Henley. 
No more wasting your time on tasks that you know could be automated because that's exactly what Zapier was built to do. Instantly engage with leads, send them to a CRM or spreadsheet, then notify your team so they can act fast on every opportunity. And that's just scratching the surface. Zapier supports more than 1,500 business applications, so the possibilities are virtually endless. Best of all, it's easy to build the exact solution you need in minutes without writing code or asking a developer for help. Join more than 4.5 million people who are saving an average of 40 hours per month by using Zapier. Right now, through the end of the month, try Zapier free by going to our special link, Zapier dot com slash hmcp that's z-a-p-i-e-r dot com slash hmcp for your free 14-day trial zapier.com slash hmcp okay thanks for hanging in there let's get back to this gender reveal list the rest of it yes so so far according to the one test that we were able to do without urine (laughs) we're having a boy yes So if you lay a key down, and I did this without Jamie's knowledge, I put a key on a plate for some reason, um, and I asked Jamie to pick up the key and give it to me. So apparently the key test says if she picks it up by the fat end, then it's going to be a boy. If she picks up the key by the skinny end, then it's going to be a girl. What? Yeah. So we're having a boy, like I've always said. Who picks up a key by the skinny end anyways? You never know. But that was like so seriously so funny. We yeah. posted it on Instagram because it was so funny. Like he just like put a key on a plate on the counter yes. in the middle of feeding Henley dinner. <laughs> and he was like, oh, can you grab that key for me? And I was like, why is there a key on a plate on the counter? And I said to unlock something. Yeah. And then he was like, can you get it for me? And I was like, why can't you just get it? Like he's standing right next to me. Yep. So we're having a boy. That was really funny. And um, what's funny is I didn't even catch on to. Like, I'm so gullible. Um, So the next one, there's apparently an Intelligender, which is an expensive store-bought version of the at-home gender prediction P-test. So another thing, having a P involved. Um, I don't think we're going to do that one. Um, The next one is the garlic test. Now, I love garlic. I love garlic, too. This is an old wives' tale, but it says if you eat a clove of garlic... And the smell comes out through your pores. It's a boy. I guess if you eat the garlic and don't stink for three days, I guess that means it's a girl. And joke's on you if you do. Yeah, I guess so. Are you going to make me do that? If uh, I have to eat a whole garlic clove, you do too. I'll eat it with you. Okay. But then uh, then we won't know who smells. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll both stink. Yeah. But if we both stink, that means it's a boy? No, I think if you stink, then it's a boy. But if you stink, what does it mean? Then that means that I need a shower. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, so this one, the next wacky gender reveal is called even or odd. Um, So the Mayans combine the mother's age at conception and the year of conception. If the result is an even number, it's a girl. If the result is an odd number, a little boy is on the way. Okay, so I was, I am 33 at conception and it's 2019. So that makes it odd. It's a boy. Oh my gosh, it's all looking like it's going to be a boy. When was Henley? I was 30 and it was, oh gosh, 2016. That was an even number. But you have to add three, right? No. Where do you get that? I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> Are you just hearing things? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Isn't that what it said? Oh my God. No. Oh, okay. Anyways. It says even or odd. Okay. So the next one is the heartbeat test. If your baby's heartbeat is 140 beats per minute or above, it's a girl. Below 140, a boy. Well, it's been 165 and 170 solid. Yeah, this one says that most people, uh, this has been proved wrong. That's not true. Yeah, it says it right here. It literally says that? You just want to be a boy. No, it says, once again, this proved wrong in many cases. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Because Henley was actually higher and she was a girl. Yeah. Um, All right, so number 11 Morning sickness. This test says that if you have extreme morning sickness that lasts beyond the first trimester, you are probably pregnant with a girl. Those of us who have had crazy morning sickness with both genders may roll your eyes on this one. So I didn't have crazy morning sickness after my first trimester with Henley. No. And I'm not into my second trimester yet with this baby, but... And what's funny is actually I did with Jonathan. I was sick like straight through. Yeah. But with this pregnancy here, I'm You've been a little out of whack. I've yeah, I've been really like nauseous, but I'm sorry. I'm I think I'm turning a corner. I, I say that every week. I'm That's turning good. a corner. <laughs> every time it's I think I got this under control. Uh, so the next one, carrying high or low. I don't know if this one's going to be able to apply, but if you are carrying your baby high, this old wives' tale indicates a girl. If you are carrying low, it's a boy. I feel like high or low, it's so subjective. Like I'm a labor and delivery nurse, and just like I've seen so many bellies, and I don't know what's high and what's low. Like it's what I think is high, you might think is low. So yeah, I'm gonna go to number thirteen, which says craving. So this old wives' tale says if you're craving salty foods while pregnant, it's a boy. Having sweet cravings, a girl is in your future. Definitely sweet. And I had sweet cravings with Henley too. So, so far we're tied. Yeah. It could be. It's, so far we're back to square one. It's 50-50. You know with Jonathan, you had, it was hot dogs and beans and. Yeah. And this one, I like ice cream cake an awful lot. Or anything salty that I make. No, I never eat anything salty. I love sugar. Um, here's one that we can definitely do, which is the ring test. So in this gender test, you hang a ring from a string over your belly. If the ring swings back and forth, it's a girl. If it wing rings in a, or if it swings in a circle, you are carrying a boy. We never did the ch- the Chinese gender chart. Well, that's the next one, which oh. is similar to the Mayan test. So it says to get, uh, go online for the Chinese gender chart to find out if you're having a boy or girl. So, um, some people say that this was spot on for them, um, but I'm not sure. You what, know how it 50% works. You, said it's spot on and 50% said it wasn't? Yeah, that's how it works. I think <laughs> oh. I think what this is saying is that you're either going to have a boy or a girl. Such good odds. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it does say that um, for most people that tried all of them, um, seven out of the 15, no, um, I think they did 10 of them, but seven out of 10 were spot on. Well, People so that did any 10 of those tests, seven out of 10 are spot on. It comes down to the first three you mentioned that all involved urine. Yes. To I be our tiebreakers. I think it sounds like the urine is the only way to test. So the baking soda, the red cabbage, um, and I Drano. think we do the ring on a string, uh, the even odd. Yeah. Um, we pr- pretty much 
I feel like we have to make a YouTube video out of this yep. so that we can share all the results with you guys mm-hmm. listening. But uh, to clarify for the last part, so the, for the Chinese calendar, um, the chart was found in an ancient royal tomb in Beijing. So it's said to be over 90% accurate in predicting your baby's gender. Basically, you figure your age at conception and the month of conception. The calendar converts it and you have your answer. So we with have to find a Chinese, I calendar. already have a chart. I have a chart right here. And according to this Chinese gender chart, I was supposed to have a boy for Henley. So don't know how accurate it is, but it does say that I'm supposed to have a boy for this pregnancy as well. So maybe oh. I'm having a girl. Yeah. We need to collect some urine from you. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think it's time we bring Sonia yeah. on. I thought that was fun, though. That was fun. Thanks for pulling out a fun game. Yeah. I'm sorry if I wasn't, you know, the best team player. It's okay. But I wanted to throw them out there just to see which ones that you would be interested in doing. And it sounds like almost all of them. Only if you pee with me and if you eat a garlic clove with me. Totally fine. (laughs) All right. Let's bring Sonia on. I'm so excited to get an update on her. I haven't talked to her in years. It's been a while. Sonia Granados is from season four of Married at First Sight, where she legally married a complete stranger, Nick Pendergrass. Although their marriage didn't last, they were definitely fan favorites. My all-time favorite thing that they ever did was give food to the homeless. Honestly, it just like really opened my eyes to the need that we have in our own country. We all know that there's this need in third world countries, but many people don't even think about the homeless that are hanging out in our own backyards. And Sonia... Granados is a licensed social worker who focuses heavily on the foster care program and helping the homeless, which we saw during the show. It's been a long time since we've had the chance to speak with Sonia, and I haven't seen her in quite a while. So we want to see what she's been up to after being married at first sight. And about a year later, uh, divorcing her husband or ex-husband, I should say, Nick, who, by the way, had an absolutely heartbreaking, near-fatal work accident uh, that left him partially paralyzed on January 22nd uh, and was found submerged in water for hours with severe hypothermia, multiple pelvic fractures. Yeah, that was crazy. So we're definitely going to get into her relationship with Nick and what went wrong there. Oh my God, we have so much to talk about. Sonia, welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to speak to you. A lot of people probably don't know this, but you are, you connected us with someone who helped us create our podcast when we wanted to podcast. You had a podcast first and I liked your podcast and I was like, Sonia, how did you do that? (laughs) You've always been someone who is just such a supporter of everybody and so willing to help in every aspect of life. So thank you for that. But I can say the exact same about you because I recall calling you like just in tears and you were just always so kind and listened to me. And I like so, so appreciative of that. I mean, I know it's rough marrying a stranger, but I don't want to know what it's like to end up divorcing, you know, that stranger that you married. And so I just, my heart just broke for you. Like it really, really just broke for you. So we're going to talk all about that relationship with Nick. But at first I have got to ask you this because when I was looking up you online, IMDB says that you were an actress before going on Married at First Sight. It says that you were on the movie or in the movie Dead Giveaway and in... (laughs) 
in between. Yeah. Those are, were you really? Uh, so no, I was definitely never an actor, but so I was like painfully shy, painfully shy. And because I was, I was like, you know what? I need to go into like stuff to kind of like get my myself out of my shell. So I went to this acting school, man, I was, I, it must've been like 10 years ago. I don't even remember. It was a, a really long time ago. So I was for maybe like a year, went to like improv classes and just really to get me out of my shell. And then so within that, you know, there was a lot of actors there. So I was part of like this kind of um, like a short a film called Dead Giveaway, which was like so much fun. So I just kind of like, I wouldn't call myself an actor by any means, but I just kind of did that to get out of my shell, really. And uh, what prompted that? Was it back in, uh, I guess, was that high school or a little after college? It was a little after college. It was almost like I was scared to even talk, which could be too because of my upbringing. <laughs> but um, I was just so shy and I didn't like that part of me. Like I wanted to be more outgoing and I wanted to, I guess, kind of trust myself more and feel more confident. And I felt like, let me dive into something that is scary as heck. Not many people can recognize that about themselves and actually take action on it. And the fact that you did says a lot about who you are. I couldn't agree more. Do you think that it was helpful? Like, would you recommend people? Oh my God, super helpful, especially improv. I had some really embarrassing moments too. Like I was like there and I'm like frozen because I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to look stupid. What do I say? So it was really kind of a learning experience and a pretty cool one. Like I'm so thankful that, you know, that, that I did that. I got to say, I was in, I was definitely thinking you probably weren't in those movies. And I was like, IMDB is wrong. I can't believe everything on the internet. <laughs> Turns out you can believe some things yeah. on the internet. <laughs> totally. They launched you right into Married at First Sight. Yeah. So you got married to a stranger on Married at First Sight. And I know our listeners are dying to know what really went wrong between you and Nick that made you split. Because I don't feel like we ever really got your side of the story anyways. Yeah. Uh, it was so, I, I think our personalities were really, it was almost like I was just being very much like a social worker and wanting to help him. Um, and not like, I just think emotionally, at least while we were together, he was in a very kind of like dark place. I almost felt like I was being dragged into that dark place. And, and I didn't want to. And I think at first, and, and we see it on the show, like he was just like, oh, I'm not attracted to her. And and that was like really hurtful. So, you know, um, I had moved out. and But we continued on for a year. But then like in December of 2016, I said, you know what? I can't. I just couldn't do it. Like I felt like it was just toxic. It was very, very toxic. Um, and I had to leave. And, and still then for months we tried. <laughs> lo and behold he was what I thought like trying to continue our relationship but months later found out differently it was a really tough time it was a really like tough moment did you find that you were kind of initiating that trying part or or did he initiate that so at the beginning it was for sure me I didn't go into this thinking oh you know this would be really cool like I thought like at the time, I'm 33. I want to get married. I want to have forever. I want to have children. I want to have a family. I didn't go in saying, oh, well, if this and this, like, I'm just gonna just get a divorce. That wasn't the idea. But towards the end was I checked out and he was the one trying towards the end for sure. 
Well, three months after your divorce was finalized, Nick announced he was expecting twins with his current girlfriend, a Buzz TV host, Heather Yared. And apparently she was already nine weeks along. So she was pregnant very soon after your guys' divorce was finalized. How did that make you feel? Do you think they had been uh, cheating while you were married? That was like heartbreaking. Um, So I, I don't know that they were cheating, but I do know that he felt that she was his life coach. So I thought like, okay, like they're working on stuff that he has. Like, I don't know. Maybe he needs like some counseling. I don't know. But lo and behold, like towards the end, maybe like March, he was like posting these things on Instagram. And I was like, okay, like it appeared like he wanted the world to think that it was about me, but it wasn't about me. And I knew it. So at that time, I knew like something was fishy, but I had no idea. I had like zero clue. Um, Wait one second. So he was posting like sweet romantic things on Instagram that he was letting the world just think was about you because you were still married, but really it was about this Heather girl? Yes. Yeah. Oh man, that is so yeah. hurtful for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I didn't know, I didn't know at the time that it was for her. We were kind of almost like, okay, we're not going to try. But I was like, like, why is he posting these things? Like, who's he talking to? Like, who's he talking about? You know, months later, then I find out with everybody else that it's in fact, it was in fact about her. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like that was, uh, I mean, if if you're looking at the silver lining in it, do you feel it was kind of a way to get closure where, you know, instead of this teetering back and forth or, you know, trying not to hurt each other's feelings or just trying to call it off, you know, maybe it was kind of that sort of what was needed to split. I don't know. He could have been a little, he could have told her in person before he told the whole wide world along with her. The thing is that, so February of that year, I remember like if it was yesterday, he tells me, his exact words, I want to grow old with you. I want to be like rocking in a rocking chair. Like I can see it in front of the porch. We're rocking um, together. We're old. A month later, just things just like change like so fast. So then a month later, he's, you guys are getting a divorce. Like what? (laughs) Yeah. It was just so crazy. It was like a whirlwind. Like I was like, I'm so confused. And I I wasn't there. Like I wasn't, I didn't want to be in a rocking chair with him because I had been like uh, emotionally just I had enough you know of it you're like take your rocking chair go yeah. find someone else to rock <laughs> yeah did you, yeah like did I you guys it. did you guys own a rocking chair at all <laughs> we did it <laughs> I'm assuming he he was probably gonna make it he's pretty crafty he was probably gonna make it <laughs> Well, in a sad turn of events, about a year after he had his twins, he suffered that horrible, life-changing accident. Have you had the chance to talk to him since then? I was so heartbroken and mainly for his babies, you know, and of course for him, it's heartbreaking. I I reached out to his mom, um, you know, just kind of telling her, you know, like, I'm really sorry and I'm here, but... I just didn't find it appropriate to reach out to him. So I did comment on his um, Instagram and just kind of letting him know that I want him to be better for his children and, and for himself. Like I, my heart breaks for him. Like I can't, I just can't imagine. Something that, that Jamie and I have always said, and, and I've been a big proponent of this, um, going through this type of an experiment, if it doesn't work there is a lot to learn about yourself and you can become a better person from it, whether it's realizing 
what you want, realizing what you think you want, and actually getting involved with someone that you get matched up with scientifically, there can be some clarity in that. Do you find that you've become a better person, that you're more familiar with what you want and desire moving forward and and a life partner? Yeah, absolutely. I think I've come to a place where I I feel more comfortable in my skin. And even as much as like I've I've gained some weight after the show, and I talk about it a lot on my Instagram, even going through that, I just feel more confident in my skin, and I I like who I am. Just I think I grew so much just as a as a person. Like I I think I was for a large part of my life like looking for validation in other people and wanting other people to like me. And I still, I mean, to be honest, I don't think that part will ever go away about me. Um, but I am a much better um, than I was and just really kind of being happy just with exactly who I am today. I think, I, I think it comes off extremely well and extremely genuine on your Instagram. Um, that's just me personally. And that was why I was, why I was asking that question because you seem so much happier um, and it's uh, an uplifting in every single post that you have. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hold no hard feelings at all. Like if anything, you know, I'll always have love for Nick because I'll, I'll always want the best for him. If one day he would ever like reach out to, to me, I would for sure like talk to him and pray with him. Like that would be beautiful. Absolutely. Okay. Well, just getting nosy over here, but are you dating anyone now? <laughs> so I know I'm actually not dating. I'm kind of enjoying being single after like I had a relationship that kind of went the other way, but it was, we're still friends. So that's pretty cool. Um, but no, just kind of like enjoying my, my single life. <laughs> before, before the show, had you had relationships similar to the one that you had with Nick or was he kind of the type that you used to date? I think I've only had dated like one white guy. <laughs> like I married Nick. And then before that, I only dated one white guy. I know. Yeah. So <laughs> he's definitely not the type like that I would even go for. Like, that Oh my be. gosh. Yeah. I did not know that. Did you tell the experts that? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. And I remember even telling Pastor Cal that I liked black men too. Cause I would date, I date like Spanish, whatever. I don't, it's not really like, I don't really care. Um, but I did tell him like the past guys, like right before Married at First Sight were black. So I was just telling me, he's like, so how would your uh, parents, you know, feel about that? I was like, eh, I don't, I don't know, but it's like, really not about them like I'm the one that's getting married so so then they give you the whitest white guy <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah. oh that's that's awesome yeah. well let's talk about what your like love your absolute love is social work I mean it is so apparent in everything that you do so you're a social worker and it seems like fostering, like helping children who need homes, find homes via the foster care system. It seems like that's one of like the top things that you do, at least based on like Instagram and stuff. Would you say that that's one of the, you know, one of the top things that you do with your job? Yeah. Yeah. That would be um, for right now. I'm actually switching in the middle of switching jobs soon, but still in the same field. We recruit, train and license uh, foster families. And then some of them, and that's what I, I post about a lot about it's like uh, families that end up adopting and although beautiful there are also plenty of reunifications which go like amazingly well I just love that field I really really love it and enjoy what I do 
did you know that I used to be a foster parent? I did. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. Did. I was just a little baby. Like I was so young. I was 23, I think when I went through like the, the foster care program, you know, I had had the girl prior. And so then I had to go through the foster care program in order to keep her. Um, but yeah, like, I just know that it's like the work that you do is just so incredibly beneficial to so many people. And I feel like we should really just chat about it for a hot minute because I think foster kids have a real bad rap. Like a lot of, a lot of people are scared to have them in their home. They're scared of what might come, you know, because they, I think that you think foster kids, you instantly think bad kid. And to be very honest, I didn't have you know, I had a very rebellious 16 year old girl living with me. She lit fires. She turned the heat up really high. Like, I mean, so high that like it could catch fire because we lived in a trailer at the time. Um, She was like crushing pills and snorting them, stealing my underwear, smoking pot on the back of the bus. I mean, she was doing everything rebellious that she possibly could. And I think that the reason being is that she was 16 and she had spent her whole life not feeling loved and not and, and having a sense of neglect. And so she doesn't know how to feel loved right. or safe. And so she's just rebellious. And, you know, so I wish I had a, like a better story than that. I to share. But I, I think people like forget like, okay, so the thing is, so here, let's say, put ourselves in the situation. I'm here at home. Okay, you're home with Gracie and Doug. All of a sudden, like what you think is normal, whatever it is, if a child is getting hit every day. So that's normal, right? That's what, that's how they feel love. That's how they think that love is supposed to happen. So removing from, removing them from that is also another trauma. Although yes, you're getting them to safety, but it's also a trauma. So now you're putting them in a home where they know absolutely nothing about this family. They don't know that they went through a training. They don't know that they've been screened properly. They have no idea. All they know is that you're putting me in the stranger's house that I have no idea who they are. And I don't know if they're going to take care of me. And then we're asking them, okay, well now you better behave because if you don't behave, you're going to move from home to home to home rather than just knowing that all of their behaviors is not because they want to behave bad. It's because of the trauma that they've experienced, right? And the the hurt and and like you said, just anger and self-esteem issues and and things that they kind they have the right to feel. And it's how to how to help them process those feelings appropriately, you know, through therapy and through through things like that. But it to be a foster parent, like you just really have to like open your heart up really wide and, and just hope for the best. And, and for, for any families that may be thinking about, um, fostering, um, it, and not us, cause Jamie and I have fostered dogs and uh, we failed every single time. <laughs> but, um, for, for any families that are thinking about the foster care, um, what's the biggest or best advice that you have for, any families that are thinking about it? Um, I think the best advice, knowing that this isn't about you at all. Um, And, you know, this is what I hear all the time. Well, you know, my heart is going to break. I can't do this. Like, I'm going to have to give the child back. So again, knowing that this isn't about you and in order, like, it's okay if your heart is going to break, but that means that you're going to heal a child's heart. And that like is everything. And not for nothing, but I know that there 
are times that you foster a child and then that child can be reunited with their family and you still stay in touch, you know, like you can, there are a lot of foster parents who become very good friends with the biological parents. And then once the child is, you know, reunified with their family, that doesn't mean that you don't ever get to see them again. You can, I mean, they, a lot of times they're so happy to have you take them for a night or, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it's just now an extension of their family, now an extra support for them that they didn't have. And now, you know what, because of you now, maybe the kids won't be coming back into care. They'll have like a stable home. So yeah, it it could be such a beautiful an absolutely beautiful thing. I mean, it is. I think it's it's so beautiful. And and there are those cases that are, are really tough and maybe the child needs like a higher level of care and that's okay, you know? Yeah, I think that for my advice, based on my own experience was make sure that you're genuinely prepared and that you are ready for this because the goal is to be able to help this child be either be reunified with their family or to stay in your home. And if you don't, if you're not able to provide that, then you don't want them bouncing from home to home. You know, like that's, that's the last thing that we would, anybody would want. So, and and another question I have for you, for anybody who's kind of wondering about foster parenting that may want to adopt from the process, you know, how likely is it that someone fosters a baby and then gets to adopt the baby or a young child and then gets to adopt the child? So the last time I checked the statistics, it was um, out of 10 children, say, that were in the system, uh, two of them end up getting adopted. And that, I'm sure, is different in every state because some states are more like parents do something that's pretty bad and they're like, you know what, that's it. Like rights are terminated. But I know Florida gives quite a bit of chances. (laughs) So if you're in Florida and the kid is in foster care, the chances of being adopted are higher? Uh, well, no, actually, less. So, so just two in ten. But how? Oh, like, I for whatever reason, though, this this year where I work, we've been seeing so many adoptions. So, yeah. like you said, though, at the end of the day, like if you do foster care and with the goal of adoption, like you just have to remember that the goal isn't really adoption. The goal is to just heal the child's heart and hopefully mend the family. And if that doesn't work, then you can adopt. Which it's true. I mean, I hear what the moms are saying, like, you know, it's heartbreaking, but just like you said, Sonia, you ha- it's a selfless thing. You have to let your heart break to be able to give the child back to know that they're going home with their mommy and daddy or just their mommy or just their daddy, but to a happy home. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's not, it, and it's a, a thankless job too, you know, like you're, you're doing that really with just knowing that you're just there to just be of support to these little tiny humans and you're just trying to be there in a time of their lives that it's like probably the toughest ever. It's, I mean, thankless in in terms of like that you may not see the fruits of your labor or you may, I mean, who knows? But if you do, it's insanely beautiful. And and even if you don't see it, that doesn't mean that it's not happening. Now, Sonia, are you, um, and I don't know if this is too personal, but do you want to have children? Yeah, I would love to have children. I'm, I'm though, like I'm getting a little older. So it's that means either, nothing. <laughs> so I'd be okay with, I mean, not I'd be okay. Like I want to adopt regardless. So I, I want to adopt. And if I have children naturally, like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think, be, I mean, based on seeing you on the show, based on speaking with you for a little bit, and then even just following you on Instagram, there's 
so much love that you have and you're such a beautiful person inside and out. And that comes off like very genuine. And I just wanted to say that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I just I got teary eyed. I'm like super <laughs> duper sensitive all the time. <laughs> Aw, you're so sweet. Sorry. No, I couldn't agree more. You are such a genuine, just such a great person. And all the work that you do is always just a selfless work. Because yeah. the other thing that you have been on a mission to do is, is to help the homeless. And you've been doing this as long as I've ever known you. Are you currently working on any projects with this type of, a, with this type of, a, what do you call it? Like field? So, field? Yeah. No. So yeah, I'm super excited because on November 2nd, I am trying to get as many like maths people as possible to come with to LA and we even have we did an Amazon wish list so people can purchase things and we can do like hygiene kits um for people in LA because I know Los Angeles has the highest um, homeless population in the nation so I mean where else could we help other than LA like it just made sense and we've been given such a beautiful like an amazing platform and so I I want to use that platform to like really like get in there and like try and make a difference. That's amazing. You you spearheaded this whole entire thing yourself, right? Yeah, it's been exciting. I've been getting a lot of help from the network, which has been amazing. Yeah. So out of all the Married at First Sight uh, crew or alumni, I should say, who is all going to help you feed the homeless and care for the homeless? So it, they come like in and out. Some people can come in, but I know for sure Tristan, Dave. I even have people from the UK, from Maths UK coming, two people. That is incredible. It really is. I know that like Doug and I, so I'll be in LA this weekend to sh- to begin shooting Unfiltered for the next season of Married at First Sight. Can you believe it's 10 seasons of Married at First Sight? That's crazy. Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah. So if we hadn't been, if I didn't have to be there this weekend, then I would have been there in a heartbeat too. But I, it's just, it wouldn't work out to like, I tried, I tried really hard to like, see if I could weasel my way to like a two weeks in LA, but that's just like not realistic. <laughs> but, but tell me more about this Amazon wish list because I, if, even if we're not able to be there, how can we help support your cause and your mission? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go on my Instagram, it's at Sonia Granados altogether. I have it on my bio. It's the the wish list is right there. So it's like super easy and it'll send it right to LA to where we're going to be, um, you know, making the, the kits. That is awesome. So I'm going to add that in the show notes for any of you guys listening. The question I wanted to ask you. So I saw on your Instagram, someone said, why are you going all the way to LA when there's homeless people right there in Florida? You know, why are you taking all these efforts to go to help in Los Angeles? And I thought you had a really good response because you were talking about how the statistics are so high in California. But if someone else is, you know, sitting here listening to the podcast and wondering why on earth are you going all the way to California to help the homeless and not those in your own backyard in Florida, uh, what would you say to them? Yeah. So I I have helped. Like I oftentimes something really funny. So any guy that I date, like any guy that I date, I tell them like, okay, so we have to go feed the homeless. So that's like my kind of like, so if they are down with it and they do it, okay, like we're going to keep on going on dates. That's your prerequisite. That's your prerequisite. (laughs) That's amazing. Date date night. (laughs) I actually had an ex-boyfriend who 
like during night, he took me to like a fancy dinner or whatever, but during the day he knew that like I wanted to be the homeless. So um, he like organized this whole like feed the homeless um, like on Valentine's Day and it was the cutest thing uh, because Aww. he knew like, yeah, I'm just like super passionate because I mean, so this is going to sound like super cheesy, but without servicing others, I don't know who I am. Like I wouldn't, I just don't know. Like I would be lost without helping others. Like I literally wouldn't know who I was. Oh, Sonia, you are such a good soul. I hope you know that. Thank you. But I also want you to know that you are allowed to service yourself in like, and do things for yourself. And, you know, what you might think is selfish is really just self-love and self-care. And you are allowed to, the way that you care for the homeless and for the foster children, you are allowed to care for yourself that way too. And I hope you, I hope you do. I feel like you, thank you, you. you're getting there, right? I feel like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and you deserve someone that will, mm-hmm. will love and care for you just as much. That's it. They, you need to find someone who will care for you and service you the way that you do the foster kids and the homeless people. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Married right? at first sight, season eleven. Yeah, <laughs> coming to Sonia's home now. <laughs> uh, Looking back on everything, um, do you see married at first sight as a mistake, or would you do it over again? I would absolutely do it over again. I think I think more good came out of it than what like bad came out of it. I really I grew. Um I met some amazing people like all over, which is pretty insane to have friends literally everywhere. Um and just I think like I saw so much beauty in people after the show. I was like, man, people really rock. Like if you allow people to be kind and if you're like genuine and like, and and I see that with you, Jamie, like so much, like you connect so well with people and it's because you're just being genuine. Like you're just kind of sharing all of who you are and people connect to that. And I mean, I think that's what we were brought to in this world, right? To connect with people and have these like um, raw emotions and these like feelings. And, and that's a beautiful thing. And I probably wouldn't have had it in, in the magnitude that I do had it not been for married at first sight. And what was, what was your best memory from being on the show? Feeding the homeless for sure. That's my favorite too from your whole entire season. I was like, I like was literally dumbfounding founded sitting on the couch watching your episode that episode air because I was like, what what a heart, you know? Like who does that? Like on just any random day, you just go grab some like lunch baggy or bag lunch, you know, sandwiches, whatever. <laughs> you grab lunch some food, <laughs> lunch <bag. laughs> You grab some food in a bag and you give it to each homeless person you see. I mean, that's just like yeah. It makes me, I honestly, it's really put a drive in my heart to have my daughter, you know, grow up doing similar acts like for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, but not just the holidays. Like it's, it's a time that these, these people need this year round, not just the yeah. holidays. And but, making yeah. all her boyfriends run around and feed the homeless. Yeah. And now, <laughs> now our prerequisite for all her boyfriends <laughs> in the future, they have to come with us to feed the homeless. And if they don't, they can't hang out with my You're kids. You're out. You're out. <laughs> Good for you for staying true to yourself on the show, though, because you didn't have to show that. And I, I was just really proud that that you, you showed that side of you because not many people that would be on a show or on reality TV would really make sure that was a priority. 
especially when it's so much of a part of your life. Yeah. To be that vulnerable and share like those pieces of you, it's very difficult, especially when there's cameras following me around. Yeah. That man, those cameras, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Now, if if you could date anyone from a previous season of Married at First Sight, who would it be? Ooh, this is a good question. You have to answer Mm -hmm. honestly. I am. And I've thought about this already. I'm like, hmm. So, (laughs) Neil. Oh, oh my God. You and Neil would be such a good match. Yeah. Neil, I just, I love his sense of humor. Like, he's just a cool guy. He's such a white person, though. You know what? (laughs) Discriminate. We know that. She married a white guy. She likes the black guys. It's okay. (laughs) Sonia, in all seriousness, does anybody have you ever revealed that you are into Neil to anyone else before? I don't think I I don't think I have. Like so oh. I just I yeah, I just I think he just has such a cool personality and you, you know. two would make a great couple because he is also such a heart, like just a heart, like just a great, great guy. Like he was honestly, well, I mean, he was one of my favorites. So was Trey, though. Trey's such a good guy too. Oh my god. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, but wait, was was Sam, was Neil on your season? No, in oh, Atlanta. No. That was the season before you. Right before it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Sorry. I get, sometimes I get the beginning seasons mixed up. But yes, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so if you don't mind, I'm going to play matchmaker. <laughs> I love Neil and I love the idea of you and Neil together. And <laughs> Maybe you should ask her permission wait, first. Wait, that's what I'm saying. If you don't mind, do you mind? Can I, can I play matchmaker? Uh, well, I'd rather it just be just kind of like a... Let's leave it in the universe. Like a woulda, coulda. Well, I I think I think that, you know, what if I just throw, like, drop it? What if we invite him on the podcast and, uh, I mean, or I, or I can just leave it be. I'll let you, I'll let you know. Should I just leave it be? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe since we put it out into the universe, it'll come to you. Now, if you had to any female from a previous season, who would it be? What? Dog? Jamie Otis. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. I date you too, Sonia. Without a doubt. <laughs> Neil would be my choice too, by the way. Neil is such a good guy. He Just really because is. he's yeah. a spooner and I like spooners. Yeah, he's a spooner too. <laughs> Listen, Sonia, thank you so much for taking the time out to come and thank chat with us. You. It's been a long time since we had a, had the chance to chat. And honestly, since the very beginning of this podcast, I've wanted to get you on. So I'm glad that we finally had the chance to meet up and, and chat. And I'm definitely going to go right to your Instagram bio. It's at Sonia Granados. And that's where the link is for that Amazon wish list for the homeless people that you're helping on November 2nd. And I'm going to go there. And I hope that those of you guys listening, you go there and take a peek at it too. Because I mean, if we can't go there to help the homeless, at least we can buy something to, to so that Sonia can help the homeless. <laughs> totally, please. <laughs> yeah. And if other people want to find you, if those, those listening want to find you, I know you're really open to like DMs and emails and all that, but where would be the best way for someone to, to be able to follow you? Um, for sure. Instagram. So at Sonia Granados and I like try to answer to every single DM. Oh, you're, of course you do. You're so, so, (laughs) I try answering to as many as I possibly can too. Yeah. 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 Well, you, you have quite a bit of like followers. It's a little bit harder. 
<laughs> yeah, but I do try and I, and I, yeah. you know, it's, it's because it's like, it's just nice to be able to connect with people. What's the point of having social right? media if you can't connect with people? But, Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Well, listen, definitely keep us updated on how that goes with the homeless. And like I said, I'm genuinely going to go get some stuff from your Amazon wish list to help you guys out. And thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm throwing it out into the universe, Neil and Sonia. <laughs> and if you're ever in New Jersey, you always have a place to stay. Oh my gosh. If you ever come Thank to, you. If you ever just want to take a trip to New Jersey ever, please come visit us. <laughs> oh, I would love to. And I would have a blast with Gracie for sure. Actually, <laughs> Sonia. Yeah. Jamie and I can finally go out. Hello. <laughs> yeah. No, Sonia, you are in, are you like, you're near Fort Lauderdale, Miami, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are going to be in Orlando this winter. Oh. So we should plan. We should try to get together this winter at some point. We could meet in the middle. Yeah, that you sounds got, fun. Yeah, let's do yeah. that. All right, cool. Sure. Well, it was so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so very much. Same. Thank you. Thank and you. we will chat with you soon, my dear. Okay. Thanks, Sonia. <laughs> have Thank a good you. day. Bye. Bye. Bye.